Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It was an eventful week in the NFL. So we had the season-ending Nick Chubb injury, Justin Fields drama, Cam Akers traded, all of this leading up to an exciting week three in the NFL. So with more on that, let's send it over to the guys who are standing by with Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports radio host, Jason Fitz. Yeah, so we might as well go ahead and get the whole band back together. We were just looking here at what used to be mornings over at ESPN yeah. for a while, and now we spread the love out a little bit, but we felt like bringing them back here. Fitzy, what's going on, man? Do you guys think, because we're the three best friends that no, anybody could no, have? Because no, I do. No, I, yeah, I do I, every yeah. okay. See, I, I think you felt we were way better friends than, than we really were. You, you have to understand, because we were together doing a show, that we had to act like we liked you. Okay, so I've got one of you and my friend is bestie one in my phone and the other is bestie two. I'll let you guys figure out which is which. But that like 
You're telling me I need to change the names in the phone? I, yeah. I if people are ever wondering and they've seen like, man, why are you so mean to Fitz publicly? Yeah. It's because if you say even the slightest yeah. nice thing about him. He wants to hug you. This is what he does. He's like a, he's like a, a in Arizona, there's something called a teddy bear cactus. It's a spiky little cactus and it can sense heat. And when you get close to it, it'll actually jump. It's called a jumping choya, and it'll jump off and it'll latch onto you. That is fit. So jumping Jason. If you give him a little bit of warmth <laughs> next to you, he's just going to grab hold of you with his little vice grip. And he's got tiny little arms, so he wriggles on you. It's terrifying. Uh, the next time I see you, I'm going to run down the hall screaming, I'm a jumping choya as I find a Because believe me, you thought we hugged too long before. HR was there. Now there's no <laughs> HR protection. This one's going to go wild. I will never forget as long as I live. We were in a college football preseason meeting down in Charlotte. They get everyone together in this room and they're going over all the protocol for the upcoming year, what the points of emphasis are going to be for the season. And then at one point they do have HR come up there and kind of explain all the policies to you. And they flashed up a graphic on the screen talking about inappropriate hugs, you know, hugging someone too right, long right, or an right. area. And the amount of us that all just turned our heads at once to look at Fitz going, the amount of us that have been hugged too long at times we don't <laughs> want to be hugged by Jason Fitz, a.k.a. Tickle Me Elmo, a.k.a. names that I can't say on air, was incredible to watch. So Jason's reputation as being a lot of people say, oh, I'm a hugger. Jason yeah, is a hugger has like yeah. hug woven into his DNA. If you were to break him down at a cellular level, the fact that so many of my male, I should stress and very yes. good friends at that, uh, at that seminar, every single one of them decided that was the time to either look at me or text me. Jordan Rogers actually FaceTimed me in the meeting from the <laughs> meeting. He pressed the FaceTime and he looked down and he said, you hearing this? Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh-huh. I was going to say, I guess I should make that abundantly clear, too. It was all men looking yeah, back yeah, at Jason. Yeah. It was his male Jason colleagues. is just a very, very good friend. I remember Jason most for the foamer you had on your desk that would make your coffee foam. You still have that? Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, 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 look, I, there's a certain family that introduced me to Orange Theory. I'm now a beacon of fitness. I will tell oh, you this year, even though I had a stress fracture and spent about three months in a boot, I have cut my body fat in half while only losing about six pounds. So I put on muscle and I'm I'm a golden god around these parts. So there's no, wow. there's no way. I'm not taking that extra foam in. I, I'm a water guy now. I'm a water guy. All water oh, all the time. Smokes. Just make sure that water's not branded. We're yeah. no, no free ads around yeah, no, there. No, we it's don't it's just an empty, like empty water, empty water bottle. There we go. My there God. Go. Well, let's focus less on the water. We want to get to a bunch of NFL stuff with you, Fitzy, obviously, but you're wearing your UNLV shirt, repping proudly for the hometown team there. I got my Notre Dame shirt on. We got college game day out here for Notre Dame, Ohio State this weekend. And we're obviously really close to this personally, as you well know. <laughs> But seeing the magnitude of it around campus here, it was insane yesterday. I'm leaving town today to go call the Oregon Colorado game. But dad, you're going to be here through the weekend. And we lived this before. Like I remember when college game day came here when we played Stanford my senior year. And even as a player, you couldn't ignore it. Like I came out, I wanted to see the game day set. I wanted to see the college game day show that I had watched all as a kid. And so it's impossible to totally recuse yourself from these big moments. You hear a lot of coaches talking about embracing that, but it fits for you from the outside looking in, looking at this as another of a very big group of games on the slate this weekend. How do you see this Notre Dame-Ohio State matchup? 
I think it's important to remember that this isn't the Notre Dame that we're used to seeing because, you know, frankly, over the last couple of years, they've been hamstrung by quarterback play. And what are we seeing across the landscape of college football? Even Alabama doesn't look like Alabama if you don't have a quarterback. Notre Dame has a proven quarterback here. I went back and tried to rewatch, and I say tried because it was painful, some of the Ohio State so far this year. And I know how talented Ohio State is, but their offense has not been in sync. They've had little spurts where they've looked good, but they've not put four quarters together. In the meantime, you've got a quarterback over Notre Dame with Hartman that has looked – he's done this for years. It's just nobody was paying attention before, right? So he gets to Notre Dame where things are more explosive, things are easier, they can push the ball downfield. I think the most interesting part of this is that he will push the ball downfield, and we think – that Ohio State has the corners to match up with that. But how the hell do we know, right? So in my mind, what's happened right here is we're spending too much time looking at this game based on the reputation of two programs. Like, we're looking at the reputation of Ohio State and saying, well, they're going to be a national championship contender. And we're looking, sorry to say this, at the reputation of Notre Dame. Well, they just blow big games, right? Like, people want to make it that simple. It is neither of that to me. This is not the Ohio State of the last three years, and this is not the Notre Dame of the last three years. You guys are personally invested. My bank account's personally invested in Notre Dame in this game. I think they're going to win. I, I I completely agree with you about kind of the, the perception of the teams for because for Notre Dame for the last few years in big games, because we didn't have that passing quarterback, it had been, man, I hope we don't get down too much because we're not going to be able to come back because we don't have, you know, the quarterback. Now we do. So I go into this game, you know, again, trying to hold back a little bit, but saying, I think we have the team because we have the quarterback where in all three games, they've run a two minute drill at the end of the half. He's taken him down for a touchdown. The biggest number to me is zero interceptions. And on Ohio state side, they're still breaking into new quarterback. So it does seem like a, a very, very close matchup. Not like what we've seen in the past. Yeah, and Hartman is efficient with the football. He, to your point, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's deliberate with the football. Uh, Mike said to me yesterday, you know, you talk about the experience you get sometimes with college football quarterbacks. He has seen so much football. I don't think any of this really soaks in as a big moment. Like, it's a big moment, but it's not too big for somebody like Hartman that's played as much football as he has to handle. This is really set up well. And by the way, one of my uh, one of my peers at Yahoo Sports pointed out that Ohio State has been gouged in the running game as well. So there's going to be opportunities all over the place offensively for Ohio State. I think this is going to be an awakening moment where people look at it and say, oh, wait, this is what offense can look like for Notre Dame. I, I, I like them a lot in this game. Yeah, I, I think in, I selfishly am always <laughs> going to bring things back to the trenches, but I do think. For all the talk about Ohio State's receivers, they're going to get theirs. They're too good not to. Yeah. It's going to be Mayan Williams and that Ohio State rushing attack against Notre Dame box that's probably going to be lighter because of all the pass resources. And on the other side, you've heard from Michael Hall Jr. in this Ohio State defensive line. They want to be the best defensive line in the country. And in the run game, Jason's pointed out they can be had a little bit. But in the pass game, that interior especially is going to be an interesting matchup for Notre Dame where, yeah, they got the future all pros at right tackle and left tackle. But on the inside, still green, still coming along. So we'll wait and see. Reputation. It's interesting you bring that up, Jason, as we look ahead to the NFL because – reputation can do a lot for fans. And we hear this every year going into the NFL draft about Ohio State quarterbacks, about how you shouldn't draft them because Ohio State quarterbacks are never good. And then all of a sudden you look up until you've got the right one. And C.J. Stroud so far in the NFL looks like the right one through the first couple of weeks. What have you made of the rookie quarterbacks so far that we've seen right now as we get set to walk into a weekend where it doesn't look like one of them is going to play in Bryce Young? 
Yeah, I think, look, my heart breaks anytime Bryce Young misses any action because let's be real, the biggest knock on Bryce Young. And, and somebody said to me yesterday, if he'd been three inches taller, the Bears wouldn't have traded their first overall pick. Well, okay, well, he isn't, right? And so there are these little things about Bryce Young people were concerned about. Now he's injured. That's a concern. I think C.J. Stroud has looked exactly like I thought he would look. He's looked under control. The biggest surprise to me out of all of this is that Anthony Richardson so quickly looks good. And it reminds me of something that I will credit both of you guys for really emphasizing with me from the first time that we worked together. And that it's, it's that we like to label players in general as a bust for whatever they don't accomplish in the league without acknowledging that scheme and coaching matters. Like Shane Steichen goes into Indianapolis, brings a little bit of the Jalen Hurts playbook, but really from the outset, it felt like, you know, you, we always talk about those 10 throws that a quarterback's really comfortable with. What are the plays you can put in? From the outset, it looked like Anthony Richardson was being made comfortable by Shane Steichen's system and his coaching. So the biggest surprise to me is that somebody that had very little proof of concept in college football looked more comfortable than I expected. Although, again, He's had a couple nasty hits in the first two games of the season. So there's going to be this adjustment period. But I, I think we're seeing a quarterback class overall that's far ahead of where the last couple have been two weeks into the season. Yeah, you mentioned with Anthony Richardson, nothing like game one. Trevor Lawrence actually tells Anthony Richardson, dude, you, you got to not take these hits. You know, you want to be around a while. I know you're big and strong. And what, interesting, my wife and I were having this discussion. She was asking me as we were getting ready to watch San Francisco play, Brock Purdy being a seventh rounder and playing so well. She said, what if one of these young players, Young, Stroud, or Richardson, were actually – on San Francisco's team. You know, when you get a high pick, you go to a bad team. This is a low pick. He went to a really good team. Of So does it make it more of a – I don't want to say more of a system. I don't want to take that away from Bach Purdy. But how young quarterbacks, if they're on a better team, can maybe make hay a little earlier. Yeah, a young quarterback that, again, to steal Gojo's point, has played a lot of football, goes to somebody that's a really brilliant offensive coach – and then he has the opportunity to sit back and sort of digest all of this and learn all of this without any pressure. Like, I, I just, that's so, it's wild to me. As they said in the the broadcast last night, Brock Purdy has a roommate in San Francisco, right? Like, he's still, he's still at that spot where I don't know that, you know, we talk a lot about the adjustment for players, which I think is huge. Like, imagine suddenly you, you, you're drafted, you live in a city you know nothing about, you don't know anybody, uh, you know, you're, you're suddenly a teammate with a grown ass man that has a wife and kids and family and responsibilities. Like it's different. It's what's interesting to me is that Brock Purdy has managed to keep himself really insulated while he learns this offense. And he was already a smart quarterback. So we become so obsessed with, can this guy make Patrick Mahomes like plays? I think the problem is if you're continually trying to win the lottery to pay your bills, you're not going to do very well, very often and trying to get the next Patrick Mahomes is like winning the lottery. So it's smart by San Francisco to take a guy later in the draft, uh, at the end of the draft, that they can really just take a flyer on. And in worst case scenario, you're coaching a smart kid up to be your backup for life, which is a good thing for a team to have. Best case scenario, you end up with Brock Purdy. So it's, this is a smart move by a smart team handling a smart quarterback. It doesn't take away from the Trey Lance mistake, right. but it's still a smart move by a smart team with a smart quarterback. Yeah, I only give them so much credit for the Brock Purdy pick because it's the seventh rounder. Those are flyers. Those yeah. are ones you're yeah. taking because one scout likes the guy there. Like, you passed on him multiple times, as did everybody else in the draft here. He deserves a lot of credit for what he's done here, but to fit this point and to your point, Dad, about what happens if one of these quarterbacks would fall to a good team, it's called the Patrick Mahomes. Like, when you yeah. go to a healthy organization like the Chiefs that have been making the playoffs and doing pretty well with Alex Smith at the helm – 
and then you sprinkle some of that sauce on there. Now you get a quarterback that looks like he's on the trajectory to be the greatest of all time. Speaking of the Chiefs and a quarterback looking to bounce back fits, what have you made of the Chicago Bears situation right now? Justin Fields coming out the other day and having to retract comments that he made talking about coaching and not playing fast enough here. They had on the road at Arrowhead. How worried are you about the trajectory of this team with Fields at the helm? It's imploded. And, you know, the, the hardest part about that is that when a locker room goes into save myself mode, it means everything's broken. When guys start openly saying, you know, as someone else said the other day uh, on the wax, like if anybody's in front of a microphone and they're putting it on wax where they're like, OK, uh, the coaching is the issue. Now, all of a sudden you have a problem. And even a bigger problem to me is that, you know, you had the Bears tweet out a video of Justin Fields hugging one of the coaches yeah. like everything's fine. Like, it's, it's not just us that are obsessing about it. If they're on the field, be like, Hey, make sure we post this. Everything's good. Like the more people tell you everything's good in any business. I don't care if we're talking like anytime I would walk into a record label situation and you take a song and you're like, Hey, the song's not, it's not doing great yet. We okay. Oh no, everything's great. You might as well just throw that song in the trash. It's not going anywhere. Anytime in my sports media career, we're like, Hey, Everything good, like change is coming. Everything, no, everything's great. Boom. Like the minute they start hugging on the sideline, it's washed, it's over, it's done. That whole thing's gone. It's gone. Well, it's like when that owner gives the coach the uh, vote, vote of confidence, confidence you know. Yes, the no, vote we're, of confidence. we're fine there. Next thing you know, that coach is looking for a job. Uh, Jason, of the 0 2 teams that you thought were going to be or feel are going to be good this year, which ones are you actually worried about that they may not be able to pull themselves out? Okay, so I'm not worried about the Bengals the way a lot of people are, but I am a little worried about the Bengals just because the calf is like a problem, right? Like Joe Burrow, I think expectations have to be part of this conversation. Like the Bengals are in a Super Bowl every year sort of mindset. I don't look at this calf issue and think it's ever going to get healthy. It's going to get healthy enough. I mean, if you and then you're talking about somebody that likes to push the ball downfield that's now pushing the ball downfield with the calf issue, like from a quarterback standpoint, that seems like that's going to linger all year. So it's not like I'm sitting here saying that the Bengals are suddenly going to be a top 10 draft pick. But if the expectation is a Super Bowl and a stacked in a stacked AFC, and we're talking about home field advantage and all of that, like I am, I'm quietly at least a little worried that the Bengals suddenly find themselves uh, at the lesser tier trying to work their way into it. And if you don't have 100% of Burrow, I don't know. A hundred percent is a hard word to use, but if you don't have the best of Burrow going into January, you ain't going to beat Mahomes. So yeah, I I'm actually unlike, unlike Mike, I'm a little concerned about the, the Bengals. Well, I, I think I've said my concern is less about the Bengals being able to rebound on a slow start and more with you, like the calf becomes a concern because that's an injury. That's not, something that is just a built-in part of their season or starting slow because of circumstance here. It's a real-life thing and a soft-tissue injury that you're going to have to cope with for most of the rest of the year and with one of the things that's been Joe's biggest strength. And to your point, Fitz, they're just judged against the Chiefs. They're judged against the Bills team that, oh, by the way, looked a lot better this last yes, they week did. after the yeah, way they looked I, I, early I, in the season. I, I don't remember. They, they look good. There was, I missed week two. I don't know what happened. I, oh, I my know. God. By the way, Fitz, how are you feeling about the Raiders right now? Like, if we let's do the early season. Well, can, can we? And I'm doing this as, as selfish to me. I'm calling the Raiders-Steelers game for <laughs> Westwood 1 on Sunday <laughs> night. My so dad's work for do, do some work for me and give me your breakdown of where the Raiders are right now as both these offenses, in a word, stink. Uh, yeah, so but I'm going to give you a little bit of a defensive side of the ball breakdown for the Raiders because this is a, the important part of it. If you look back at week one, they were playing this deep zone sticks coverage, essentially. Keep everything in front of us. Don't get burned and trust your guys to tackle. That worked against uh, an inept offense. It didn't work against the Bills, obviously, because 
it's the Bills. Guys can get open. So if you're the Raiders, you're playing back and you're sort of protecting against everything and you're trying to take care of it in front of you. If the pass rush doesn't get home, that even becomes more dramatic. So when you are taking on a good quarterback or a great quarterback like Josh Allen, who's not getting pressured, he now has all day to throw and your defensive plan is just don't get burned. The problem with that is, A, if you get burned, you're up a creek. But B, you're letting the other team stay on the field forever. Go back and watch week one. The Broncos number of uh, number of drives was absolutely insane. They didn't have very many of them because those drives were taking forever. So the Raiders are trying to slow the whole day game down by keeping the other team on the field, but limiting touchdowns and then hoping that their offense can turn around and stay on the field for a long time. When you can't run the football, you can't do that. So the weirdest part is that offensively, Josh Jacobs and the offensive line have a weird timing issue where nothing's going the right way. I, I blame the offensive line for part of that. I blame the way they're being covered too as part of that. But on the defensive side of the ball, man, I'm telling you, Kenny Pickett is going to put up a high completion percentage because every single quarterback every week is going to put up a high completion percentage. Their bet is if we force you to third and three, we can get you off the field. It it sort of worked week one in the red zone. It didn't work at all week two. So Pickett's going to carve them up with a high completion percentage. Man, you're right. In that game against the Broncos, the Raiders had seven drives. The Broncos had six. There's yeah, not, yeah, not a lot of tries is, in that game. That is an offensive yeah. slog. Fitz, yeah. why aren't they throwing the ball to Michael Mayer? What do they hate about our sweet yeah. Golden Dome what child there? We sent them this perfect, wonderful gift. I told you how excited you should be because you're going to get this meat grinder out there, and you guys just feel like throwing it back to the old Patriots era and targeting Jacoby Myers a million times a game? Okay, here's the thing. Like they, I, I talked to the team, and they were aware that you haven't gotten me a, a jersey signed by him yet, so they're not going to use it until I get okay. something. I mean, that's the way this works. Now, I, I am with you, though. Like The the weirdest part of Jimmy G is that week one, he was comfortable with Jacoby Myers. That was obvious. Week two, he was comfortable with Devontae. That was right. obvious. If he's not if he's not read that comfort level with you, he's not even looking. If you go back and watch the tape, there were plays where Hunter Renfro was yeah. wide open, and Jimmy G's like, "Nah, no." Nice. Week three, Hunter's week. That that you didn't make the list this week. It's uh, going to be interesting. We hope uh, for our sweet uh, former Notre Dame son's yeah, sake yeah. that he makes the list with this week. Fitz, we appreciate you joining us this week. Thank you so much, sir. Everyone, check out all of Fitz's fine work. Over at Yahoo Sports, you can also listen to him on the radio on the weekends as well for Fox Sports Radio. Fitz, thanks so much, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, Mike, he can just do two Fitz or two Jason on that jersey. Either way, just just ship it on out, and then we'll we'll throw it up on the wall, and he'll start getting the ball. Appreciate you, boys. Yeah, see you, man. He's going to be afraid. He's going to get a hug then. That's going to be yes, exactly. That's the worry is if Michael yeah, Mayer gives him an inch. Fitz yeah. is just going to jump over there and bear hug him. And then Michael Mayer's reflex is going to be football violence. And then he's yeah. going to get charged yeah. with that. And so, he'll blame us for it. And yes. We won't be friends with him. Anymore. And it's about maintaining our relationship Boom. with Michael exactly over right. our relationship with Fitz. Because that's just showbiz, baby. Coming up next, let's get shirtless and weird here on <laughs> Joe and Golick. <laughs> Brought to you by Wrangler. Jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights in styles that keep you warm and keep you comfortable, moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere. At work, out at night, playing a pickup game with friends, or at home watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable. And there's a Wrangler shirt for every occasion. Casual tees, snaps and button-ups, or layer them together for a little of both. And don't forget the iconic Wrangler jackets. When the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. 
Add some Wrangler to your getup with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great. So you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use the promo code GOJO15. Wrangler, for the ride of life. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. And we decided a while back, uh, every once in a while, we need to go and harvest the internet for all of its beauty. My father is many things, a former NFL player, Hall of Fame broadcaster, but he is not a man who has grown up in these internet streets the way I have. Mm-hmm. So I like to work as his dealer. I'm going to go and get the best stuff from the internet, and then I'm going to come over here trench coat style and sell it to him right here in the basement. Doesn't sound weird at all. No. And we got pretty good crop for you today. It is senior versus the internet, and there is no better place to start from yesterday and what we saw online than a golf freak out for the ages here. This is a confrontation between a group of golfers and one man who we still haven't figured out the origin, whether they no. hit into him, right. whether it was a dispute about him hitting somebody else's ball, but it ends in a way that none of us were prepared nope. for. Take a listen. We got a Karen on the golf course right now. After I don't give you a goddamn thing. I'm going to take your clubs. Then leave. I'm not getting a fight on a golf course. Then leave. I'm going to stand here and you can complain. Goodbye. I'm not complaining. You're the one pitching. No. You're Over the one who me and I asked you no longer speak. You took her ball. Please don't speak to me. We're coming you took her ball. Bro, you took her ball. Dude, I'm not going to fight you over. If you need money for a golf ball. I'm going to, Walter. Because I'll plant you, boy. Now get the off the cart. Walter. Walter? Walter. Oh, here we go. You see that? Oh. That's what you look in the heaven. Do you want to test God? You come get it. He's mentally ill. Oh. Let's move along. You think I'm mentally ill? I know you. Bend to heaven. So, wow. He emphasizes twice that he has been to heaven. Yeah. And if you want to test God, I need to know more. Much like the that mother ever isn't real woman from the plane. Oh, right. I need to know more about this guy who claims to have seen God. Did he die? Has he just made a trip up there? Did he go on the little Elon space rocket thing? I got questions. So th- this is one of those. And we again, we don't know. Did they hit up into him? We don't know what happened. But he was holding, obviously her golf ball, and it sounded like it was two couples, right? Yes, a force yes. and two couples. And and what the you heard the one guy said, I don't want to get into a fight in a golf course. I would agree. Who wants? You don't want to get into a fight. I mean, come on. Especially now with a guy that's seen God. Well, I mean, even before he went ballistic there, no one wants to get into a fight. You're just going to get your lines in, and then you're, you're hopefully going to move on. But, man, then he rips his shirt off and starts, you know, talking about his body and everything. I was like, in today's world, you just can't do that anywhere because you don't know what's going to happen. You you had a group here that just left. What if somebody took them on? And it was, that that dude was going to get worn out. And that dude was going. Yes, I don't know. Just off yes. effort and energy, I like. But that, I like him walking into the fight. That dude was going to get smoked if somebody challenged him. If so, let me just say I got this. him minus one fifty against Walter. Let me just say this: if someone wanted to step out of the cart, they before they stepped out of the cart, they had already sized it up and said, "You know what? I, 
If you were in that card and a fight was going to happen, don't you think you could have dropped that dude? Well, yes, but I'm saying it seems like the folks in the cart made a business decision based on the show of force it, that they it, saw. It also seems like maybe, because we never saw the people in the cart, that maybe that guy thought a freakout might get these people out, and he knew there wasn't going to be any sort of challenge here from this group. The problem is when somebody steps out from that cart and challenges you after you've pulled your shirt off, made that stand, and the next thing you know, your face is in the dirt. You guys, you know? <laughs> he has he has golf clubs less than a foot away from him. Yeah, of course they drove away after they saw him rip his shirt off, go bananas. You heard the woman. She was like, he's mentally ill. He's got golf clubs very close to him. A golf club can do a lot of damage. You don't have to get close to somebody to do damage with a golf club. So I think they made a, the right decision because he looked like he was this close to turning around and grabbing one of those. And then you don't want to be within swinging distance of that. Also, Listen. a real, you know, Jekyll and Hyde situation because when this confrontation started, he was like arms crossed and he was like, don't speak to me like that, Walter. And then all of a sudden the shirt comes off. I mean, talk about a flip being switched there. But, but I, I, and listen, at the end of the day, I agree with you. Nobody wants to fight there. I mean, who wants to get out and fight on a golf he course? Does. It's ridiculous. I mean, depending on what kind of golf course, if it's a country club, maybe not, but if it's like a, you know, beater muni course, that, that seems like what you're supposed to Go do. ahead and start having at it. I mean, just yeah. you know, some of those courses where the fairways all brown well, and rough there, the greens aren't he, kept very He did well. have a collared shirt on, so we wonder what kind of a place it was that he was at. My right? thing is, is you can clearly tell this was a guy that was not playing well that day no like there's no way the man right. who's seen god was playing a good round that day because you would never be that mad if you're striping the ball you're, you're focused and go quickly somewhere else right. if you were playing well he's, you're right he's two holes away from finishing a round where he's gone triple bogey carted a couple of snowman like yeah. it's yeah. it's not been a That's great true. time for old boy there dad the worst i've ever seen you freak out in a golf course was when a guy tried to come over when we were playing in connecticut and get me and my brother jake to tuck in our shirts on a golf oh, course. And, and Jake to turn his hat around. Yes. Jake had his hat on backwards. We were at a country club I belonged to for like a year. I finally had joined one to golf more in Connecticut while I was at ESPN. Me, Mike, and Jake were golfing. And I mean, this dude was on the green of another hole, yelling down to us on, on a green, I think, as well. Hey, turn your hat around. Tuck in your shirt. We don't I, do that around here. Yeah, we don't. I looked up at him and I said, my man, you got your foursome. I got my group. Do not speak to my kids that way or things will end badly for you. I mean, you're right. I mean, I did. He, he like he said, I'll parent my kids. Oh, you yeah. don't need to come over here and do you that. Just oh, said, yeah. You just said who wants to fight on a golf course. Well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Nobody wants to fight. But boy, I was the dude came came riding over. He had a knee sleeve on. We knew he was at, weak. Yeah, he came over riding after that. It was kind of like, hey, that's kind of what we do. I said, listen. If the pro comes over here and tells me we got to do something fine, I said, I don't give a damn what you say. I don't care what you say and don't say anything. Oh, yeah, I, I Mike's right. I got hot on that one. And if there was any confrontation, I probably would have would have had to throw down. I get it. Yeah, when it comes say. to your yeah. kids, there's no yeah. like, you know, I snapped right away. I'm not going to lie. I'm oh, not yeah. going to lie. And and my my son Jake's a grown ass man. Yeah, I mean, I say, we were this was like yeah. two or three years. Yeah, ago. This, <laughs> exactly. Both my kids can beat me up yet. I was jumping. I out thought they were like young. This was like kids. high oh, no. school kids. Like I cannot stress enough. Oh. We were oh. we were north of 30 at oh. this point. Oh, and yeah, this guy was was a uh, he was a tool. Is what yeah, he was. Definitely. He was a tool. Yeah. To like do it. that, I wouldn't even wouldn't even consider 
If I'm on a golf course, a country club or whatever, and I look over and I see a guy with a shirt untucked or a hat backwards, I wouldn't even consider saying anything to that. For him to actually speak out and say, we don't do that here. Oh, my God. That is Karen behavior. I seven iron in the back of the knee. It is Karen behavior because, like you it's seeking out the problem and going to, like, whatever. Like you said, if someone comes up to you who works there and says, hey, you got to do this, you're going to do it. You're going to do it, no problem. But, like, you don't have to come out here, (laughs) drive your cart across the course and be like, tuck your shirt in. Yeah, we police ourselves here. Yeah, yeah, okay. I I just want someone to go back five minutes ago into this segment when my dad said, who wants to get in a fight on a golf course? Who would do this on a golf course? And then... Well, we didn't get in a fight, but you were if if it you just said if he needed to, you would have thrown down. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that dude wouldn't have been. He didn't want to. to, to He had to. Exactly. Think there's a difference wanting to and having to. I had to at that point, Jesse. Jesse, at that point, I had to protect my children. Yeah, you're you're young boys. My my children say, "I got you guys. I'll protect you from the big bad boogeyman." Always. So we were afraid of watching you get your ass kicked in public. That would have been bad, right, man? I I wouldn't have been able to work through. Get him, Dad. Get him. Ooh, Dad, get up. You said he had a knee brace. You said he had a knee brace, so you were. Yeah, he did. I'd have gone right for it too. Yeah, I'd have gone right for it. Right for the the injured knee. There you go. Yeah, right for it. We smelled the fear on him. Absolutely. It would have been a side kick to the kick to the side of his knee right away. There you go. So yeah, honestly, if anyone at Gojo and Golik, if you've got any more information on golf course Karen Man. that we saw out here, I guess uh, do we call him golf course Ken? Ken kind of probably has a Ken. Con- well, Ken is a different connotation after the Barbie movie. He I does. You're like. right. You can't do that. You can't call him Ken. You can't. You yeah. can't disparage Ken from Barbie. Like Carl that. is Carl Karen. Karen Carl. No, I think it's just Karen. He's a Karen. Just Karen. Yeah. He deserves to just be called a Karen. Yeah, he is. is quite honest. If anyone's got any more info- yeah. information on golf course Karen, I want to. Fu- I just need to know now how this met man, man met God. <laughs> I will not rest until I figure out how this body was home meeting God. Coming up next, we will try and meet the NFL weekend where it's at and get you guys ready for all the matchups coming up next on Gojo and Golik. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. We have a fun little thing here on the DK Sportsbook. So you can take the last team to stay undefeated. Okay, so Niners are the newly minted favorites here at plus 150, followed by the Eagles at plus 250, Cowboys plus 350, Ravens plus 550, Dolphins plus 700, Falcons plus 1,200, Saints, Bucks plus 2,000, Commanders plus 3,000. So guys, we have Eagles plus 250 at the Bucks on Monday plus 2,000. So interesting. The fact that the Bucks and the Commanders are on this list yeah, well, how is it, still uh, yeah, incredible yeah. and one of the biggest headlines let's, in the NFL season. Let's just push that aside and go right to the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Well, I was going to say, how far down this list do you go before you start discounting teams completely from this? Like, is it does it go through the Miami Dolphins no. where you'd say these teams have a realistic chance? Because I would probably cut it off and say – at the Falcons and Saints, I don't trust the NFC South enough to Agreed. believe that either of those would be the Agreed. last two teams standing so, here. So I'll leave Miami in there. I was going to say, Miami and yeah. everything north of that, I think we're talking about all teams in a very comparable range at this point. Of the I, I would agree. And you look at the 49ers, in a couple of weeks they play the Cowboys. Now, again, um, yeah, so that'll be Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs being out certainly is going to hurt that defense. They also play the Eagles, and they also play the Ravens. So certainly some tough games on the schedule for them. We know Philly and Dallas are going to play two times, so yes. they're, they're going to match up uh, with one another. Uh, so I'm not sure about looking at, at Miami's schedule of of where they are because because you're right that they, they they should be on there. Obviously, they're going to have the Bills. Yeah, um, I can say part of this is certainly going to be playing the schedule game if you're realistically trying to look at this. Right, and if we're also <laughs> looking at who we think is the best team of this bunch at this point here, because this includes AFC and NFC. We know the AFC comparatively the much tougher conference right now, but in the NFC, when we look at the teams at the top, Philadelphia Eagles, we know stacked roster, but so far in the early portion of the season, haven't quite looked like the same group of world beaters. We talked with Mina Kimes about the linebacker core, maybe being an area that teams are going to target this year as Jonathan Gannon is out. So new defensive coordinator and all of that stuff there. The 49ers last night looked a little bit more human against the the, uh, New York Giants than we expected, but still took care of business there. And then the Cowboys have looked like a shredder so far this season. And injury be damned on that, certainly. And it sounds like while Tyler Biadish dealing with the hamstring injury, we know about Trevon Diggs, Zach Martin also expected to go after rolling an ankle last week. Dad, there's part of me that looks at the Dallas Cowboys and maybe can talk myself into feeling most comfortable with them after what we've seen the first couple of weeks. And a lot of that credit due again to Mike McCarthy and the job that he's done as the play caller. A guy that everybody couldn't get rid of fast enough, right? Isn't it amazing? Everybody wanted this guy out. And now he's got his team playing the best in the league. Um, I have a feeling they split with Philadelphia this year, so that would take them out. As I mentioned, San Francisco has the Cowboys, has the Ravens, has a few tough games there. Miami has the Eagles, has the Chiefs. Their last three games of the season are the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. So I personally, I don't think anybody's going undefeated. No. But if you were to right now, 
based off what I saw a little, I would say the two closest would be the Cowboys in San Francisco of the way they're playing right now, which as we continue to say is very, very, very early in the season. So let's still give it some time and see if in fact injuries start to add up a little bit for each of these teams, if they're hurt early, can be healthy late or how it's going to work for them. I would say for all of these teams. So for the teams at the top of this that we might mention, San Francisco, Dallas, and then the Miami Dolphins, as far as teams on the AFC side of here, you look, it really is going to be in the next two weeks. For the Dallas Cowboys, they play the Cardinals this weekend, and then it's the 49ers in two weeks. Right. For the Dolphins, they play the Broncos. Theirs will actually come sooner. They're on the road at Buffalo right. next weekend yep. in a game that I think is going to be the big test for them. And then for San Fran, it's the Cowboys. So really, this comes down to, do you either think the Ravens are capable of making a run or who you think is better between the Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers? Right. Because I just think statistically, if you were trying to win this bet, the Dolphins have the much tougher game sooner and it's on the road against a Buffalo team that seemed to rebound a little bit in week two last week. If I'm trying to actually win this bet for who stays undefeated the longest this season. Where are we going next? When you talk about the depth of the AFC, in the NFC, in the beginning of the year, we talked about San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas. That's kind of really been set in stone now, don't you think? I mean, who is next in line? I mean, there are other undefeateds, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay, but I don't think anybody is putting them in that category. It doesn't mean you have to be undefeated right now. You could look at one-loss teams as well, but I think there is such a hefty drop-off after those three teams where the AFC obviously is a little bit of a different story. I think the swing states are going to be twofold. It's going to be what happens with the top of the NFC North, with Green Bay and the Detroit right. Lions, right? What do those teams become as far as being able to challenge the upper crust of this conference? Because with Detroit, we know there's the expectations. We're still waiting to see about the defense overall as they've remade the secondary. But for them and then Green Bay, Jordan Love early on here has been efficient. We'll Highest see rated they, quarterback in the league. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll see if they can match that efficiency with explosiveness as they go along, as this receiver core gets healthier. They've been without Christian Watkins right. for the last for the first couple of weeks of the season. So We'll wait and see there. And then the other one is the Rams. I am really curious about this Rams team through two weeks. They've played two division games to start the season off. They got the win against the Seahawks in week one in a way people didn't expect. But part of me looked and said, all right, the Seahawks lose both starting tackles in the midst of that game here. Right. It makes it a more fertile ground for that Los Angeles defense that's got young dudes that are stepping up here. Maybe I can wipe that away. It's week one. And Matthew Stafford's back healthy, and that counts for a lot. But still, they don't have Cooper Cup. Certainly this can't last. And then it was way closer than I expected against the 49ers the weekend after that, where they did not look thoroughly outclassed in that game from what I saw. And Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua all of a sudden start to look like, oh, these might just be consistently good players, especially with the target share that Puka's getting. And so now I look forward and say, all right, maybe the demise of the Rams was premature. Maybe they have done what seemed impossible. They've worked around the margins after spending and mortgaging draft capital and found a crop of young players around one of the better quarterbacks in the league when healthy that can actually make this work. Now, I'm still not putting them in that upper category, but I agree with you. Who knew Puka and Tutu were going to be there? Puka, 35 targets in a couple of games. And even a running back, Cam Akers, it's been amazing. It's finally gone now. 
last year uh, missing games for personal reasons. This year, missing games, and they finally trade him. And Kyron Williams, a former Notre Dame grad, yeah. is the guy out there running the ball now, as well as the wide receivers we're just talking about. A young team we thought rebuilding is doing way better than we thought they were going to do. So worth keeping an eye on. I think it eventually catches up to them of where they are with youth on this team. But the future can look can look pretty bright there. I'm just saying we could be having a real frisky conversation about them next week. They're one of the teams playing on Monday night this coming week. They've got a Bengals team that is limping into this game yeah. right now. I'm just saying the stars are aligning almost perfectly from an air and from a football sense, right? You've got Joe Burrow, who's still quite literally limping, limping into around. this. Yeah. A Bengals offensive line that added Orlando Brown, but still – Want to see them continue to put the ball through the basket on that against uh, you know Byron Young and some of those names alongside Aaron Donald on that Rams defensive front. It might line up football-wise and narrative-wise for them to get one of those primetime games where people all of a sudden look up and start considering the Rams in an NFC that's got a little bit more wide open field. That would be something because we're all expecting Cincinnati to bounce back, right? Yes. We, we've had the stats of Joe Burrow in the, the four years, one and seven in the first two games. So coming out of the gate slow, he doesn't practice a lot for injury reasons or whatever reason, certainly doesn't play in preseason games. And then they come out of it and they become one of the best teams in the ASC. So we're still expecting that because we're still in the point of the season where we've seen this song and dance before. But just as Jason Fitz was on a little earlier, and I wonder if others are thinking that way as well, there's a little you know voice in the back of our head saying, could this be a down year for him? An up year for for you know getting Lamar Jackson back? He's got his new deal, yep. the strength of that team now uh, in the AFC North. And could there be that that lingering doubt that's starting to push a little more to the forward part of your brain for Cincinnati? Just looking at DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> right now, the Cincinnati Bengals getting that home team three point favorite. And that's it right now yeah. going up against the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night. And so that's officially one. If we want to go from, oh, everything's fine to legitimate concern, Monday night feels yeah. like the primetime yeah. spot for some Tuesday overreaction <laughs> coming up next week on Gojo and Golik. Coming up next, though, we're going to finish this off the way we always do with a little this, that, and the third, and an update on the most famous will-they-won't-they they relationship in sports and pop culture. Next. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Michael Golik Jr., Michael Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield here. We are getting ready to finish the show. Dad, I am getting ready to leave town. Yes, you are. I am not responsible enough to be around here for what's going to go down as Ohio State's coming into town against Notre Dame. It's been fun. Like, it's been cool being back. I haven't been back out at Notre Dame yeah. on campus 
during the season in like three or four years because of work. And so seeing everyone roll into town, seeing the college game day buses here and all the stages getting set up, it feels big again. And we got some of that my last year here at Notre Dame when I was a player. Right. And it's it's the best part about coming here. It's why you do all this stuff. But for me, it's also a reminder that there are real expectations here. And if we lose, I'm going to seeing Mike or or texting with Mike during a Notre Dame game. Now, he'll be out calling Oregon and Colorado, which is three thirty Eastern time. Yes. So you'll be done with that game back in your hotel room watching Notre Dame. And by the way, he will not be watching it in a bar with a group of people because he will get arrested for damaging things if it doesn't go well it's for Notre Dame. It's a little room we, service, we, a little alone time. Definitely. Well, we have gotten texts, Jesse, from him about when he's in a hotel room after calling a game. Oh, the, the channel changer is destroyed. He would throw the channel changer against I did that, the wall. I did that once. It was Notre Dame, Texas, 2016. I shattered a remote control. Yeah. This the, is like yeah. the pickleball paddle all over again. There you go. Yes. There you go. It's last, exactly right. Last year, Notre Dame was playing BYU in Vegas and threw an interception at halftime while I was in North Carolina State covering a game, and I slammed my fist on the table and yelled the F word and had to go back up to my booth in shame because a lot of other media members were looking at me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So you, you, you take it to heart. I'm, I'm glad you're not going to be here. You'll be by yourself secluded at least i think you will be maybe it'd be better if you were around other people I they think can I'm calm you try down and keep myself accountable around other people but i will be drinking and then Yo, the God. real issues start oh, so boy. we will see uh very excited for all you guys around here though it, is, it yeah. really is it's it's such a unique animal and notre dame is such a special ticket for so many people i met like three or four people yesterday who said they were here on their bucket list trip and yep. this was a game they had circled and a campus they had circled and everyone is going to get to see it at its absolute best. And let me just say, Notre Dame fans who have tickets, don't tell your tickets. So I was God, fans, don't, do don't, do don't do it. Don't do it. I get his five grand. Like I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll throw you like a 20 yeah. or a 50 or something yeah. like that. I know just, it's tempting, but we'll help please out. Please don't do it. We'll get a GoFundMe going for you. Oh my God. In the meantime, let's finish <laughs> off with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on into a great weekend with so much great college football and NFL action. Why Download, subscribe, you, rate, review. Why don't you and Jesse do this first one? All right. Yeah. Why don't we get in on this one here? And let's start this off with the relationship everyone's been talking about this week. Jason Kelsey, or Travis Kelsey, excuse me, Jason Kelsey, <laughs> Apple. Yeah, yeah. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And Travis Kelsey, the Chief star tight end, went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and actually started talking about this for the first time that I have seen publicly. And this is what he had to say about his interactions with Taylor Swift. It's life, baby. It's life. I threw it out there. I threw the ball in her court. And, you know, I told her, you know, maybe uh, I've seen you rock the stage in Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock a stage in Arrowhead and see which one's uh, a little more lit. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the near future. I was a little scared of what he, where he was going to go was too, yeah. <laughs> of about rocking things. Yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That made me cringe. I'm not going to lie. It just made me You cringe. know what? I feel like that's one of those things. I don't know if he actually said that, but it sounds good when you're saying it on the McAfee show there. I, a lot of people are judging him on that. Who really does have game anyway? Yeah. Like actual like stone cold game. Like we're all just getting. Ask your mother. Like, I had game when her and I were dating. Like, I come do on, not do it. I'm yeah. starting to. This becomes less and less believable to me the more that Jason and Travis collectively talk about it. Because I think if it was real, there would be a little more expectation of privacy when it comes to this. So maybe they're texting, maybe they like saw each other one time, but I'm starting to not believe there's actually like a romantic thing happening here. 
Oh, I've never believed that. That's the one thing I want to make abundantly clear. I saw the reports, I think, in the messenger the other day from Taylor Swift's side saying, yeah, she's I believe they call it her fun girl era right now. Yeah. She, it's, she's keeping it casual. She's keeping it fun. And that's always what I expect. I think this Travis be. would be fine with that. Yes, <laughs> I think that would be a, I yeah. think that's the perfect place for both of them yes. to land. And so I am this is right where I've thought it's always been in the hey, we're just having fun. We're talking a little bit and we'll see what happens and nothing more than that. And again. It is about the journey, not the destination. That is totally fine yeah, with but if, me. If I'm Taylor Swift and I see that Pat McAfee show clip, I'm getting the yucks real fast. Oh, yeah. The There's going to be a lot Probably of girls true. on TikTok talking about the ick yeah. after yeah. that one, I'd <laughs> imagine. Um, speaking of the ick, uh, Jesse, let's get to that and look at um, LeVar Ball turning to a new business venture with the Big Baller brand. LeVar Ball back at it again with the business ventures. He is now selling exercise equipment and just take a look at this promotional video that is now making the round on socials. Hey, you got guys that can bench press 400 pounds, 300 pounds, but hey, they can't do two pull-ups. This is the real deal right here. So you got to get this set up for 1850. You get the horizontal bar, your pull-up bar. We get your push, your dip bar right here. And then we also got to get your push-up bar. Now, if you want to get a jump on that strength training, this is what you got to put in your yard. Go to Triple B Fabrication, and my guy will hook these up for you for $18.50. And I tell you what, you will have a good athlete and the fact that you can start them off at four or five years old because they're dealing with their own body weight so it won't stunt their growth. It's called isometrics. Get this set up if you want to invest in your kid and he want to be stronger than the rest. Triple B style. Go to Triple B Fabrication. Trust me when I tell you. Guys, a flimsy three-piece set. Pull-up bar, push-up bar, dip bar for $1,850 and you're supposedly buying this to then put your four-year-old outside on it? I mean, he, he I, I'm all for a shoot your shot, man. Right. And we know LeVar had been in the media for so long and then certainly had been away from it. I'm all about shoot your shot. But, I mean, don't you have a little more yank where you can have a little better commercial than – shooting a little home video in your backyard for some equipment that basically you could make or manufacture somehow on your own, that there would be a little more of a presentation or professional presentation for this? I guess that's why it makes me sad. Like, yeah. this guy used to be cutting wrestling promos with yes. Stephen A. Smith on first take, and now he's slinging metal on a website in his backyard and charging like $1,850 for it. Like this, it did. It just made me sad. We've already seen the weird workout videos of him and uh, was it is it Jello uh, Leangelo Ball working out there with the weights that look like the oh, weights yeah. that Grandpa Lou had in your guys' face. Exactly. There. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just first off didn't seem safe there, so I'm no. glad this seems a little bit more above board. But it also is an important body weight workout. Very important. Body weight workouts. One of my favorite are. things I yes. was ever able to do in my life when Brian Kelly and this new strength staff got at Notre Dame, they had a big emphasis on pull-ups. As a 295-pound guy, I can do pull-ups for the first time in my life, and nothing makes you feel more powerful than being able to lift your body up over that bar. So that part, actually pretty cool from LeVar Ball. He might be onto something. I, I wish I had my first of 10 shoulder surgeries senior <laughs> year at Notre Dame and was never able to do any pull-ups. Never even tried. Don't even, I wish I could because it is cool, especially if you're a big guy, to be able to do a pull-up. Can't even get near it. Can't do pull-ups. Can't do rope climbing. Can't do anything. I feel like a failure. Well, for 1850, Lamar yeah. Ball, <laughs> Ball will get you right yeah. on that front. Uh, Jesse, let's get to the third here. Wow, this is um, amazing. Speaking of defying age at every turn, Yamir Yager continues to beat off Father Ooh. 
God, I can't say it like that. No. Be back father time. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, oh, well God. done. Please. Oh, no. Please, uh, yes, you I'll go just ahead jump in. It. He's starting yeah. his 35th oh, no. professional hockey season with Cladno of the uh, Czech Extraliga, a, a team, by the way, which he is the owner of. And guys, he's 51 years old. He's 51. He spent 24 seasons in the NHL. He was 46 when he last played in the NHL. So he is still playing professional hockey at the age of 51. Can you even imagine? I mean, he can definitely do pull-ups. Yeah, you can. And you can imagine because one other guy did it. His name was Gordy Howe. Uh, Gordy Howe, in terms of age at retirement, he was 52 years old, Mr. Hockey was, when he played his last NHL game for the Hartford Whalers. And Hartford's still trying to get the Whalers back. back. Yeah, yeah. How about it? But Yager, I mean, amazing. And, And so his Hall of Fame keeps getting put off. You know, because he keeps playing professionally. So it keeps going, you know, five the five-year wait keeps going and going further and further. But this guy just can't give it up. Played, what, 26 games last year, scored 14 points. But it is kind of wild when you're the owner and then you come down on the team and come down on the ice as well. Who's taking you out in practice, right? I mean, who's practicing hard against you? It, it conjures up images of Vladimir Putin when he would come yeah, down with yes. like the Russian national team and he's going out there thinking he's nice and getting after it and no one's going to step. Brand, super producer Brandon Newman at his wedding wanted to go play pickup basketball the day before the morning of his wedding. Mm-hmm. It was the easiest I've ever seen anybody getting to the lane yeah. ever in my life. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Go Irish. We'll talk to you Monday. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.